Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your pre-veterinary advisor at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. On today's episode, we have Dr. Martha Malicote. She is one of our clinical assistant professors at UF. She is also the Veterinary Practice Management Certificate Director, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Business management, um, one of the certificates that UF has to offer our students. And before we get into that, Dr. Malicote, thank you for being here. Absolutely. I'm so excited to get to talk to all of your prospective students. Yes, they are excited too. Um, I think that the fact that UF has four certificates is something that's really exciting for students to know about. I think it makes our college a little bit different. I like to explain it like they're getting a minor in a certain area. I think that's a great way to explain it, and I absolutely agree with you that it's a huge strength for our programs because veterinary students can really focus in on an area that is sometimes not available at all of the other veterinary schools, and believe it or not, it's almost no cost. Any costs that are engaged are are really just about if you have to travel for anything particular for that certificate program. So it's really a bargain, not unlike a minor. So Dr. Malico, before we get into the specifics of the certificate, can you tell the students about your veterinary background? Where did you go to undergrad? Where did you get your DVM? How did you know this profession was for you? Absolutely. I guess I have a potentially unique scenario compared to many pre-vet students out there because I had absolutely no intention of going to veterinary school through my entire undergraduate degree. I have undergraduate degrees in economics and business administration. I went to the College of Charleston in South Carolina, which is a fantastic university, has great science programs, of which I used none of. (laughs) And then once I graduated and got out in the workforce, I had always ridden horses. I grew up riding and showing, and I was kind of like, hey, you know, maybe I should have gone a different way. And so um, I went back to school. I took a bunch of different classes at a variety of local universities and ended up getting accepted into the University of Tennessee's veterinary program and um, graduated and went out into practice. And I was the standard issue equine practitioner for several years. I was in ambulatory practice, um, which I think is a great experience for any kind of practitioner. Um, And then subsequent to that, I did a residency in internal medicine, came back to academia, and now I teach at the University of Florida. So when so for students who don't know, ambulatory means that you go to houses, correct? Exactly. Most large animal practice functions that way. It's really hard to transport, you know, a whole herd of horses or cattle. And mm-hmm. so for the most part, we will go to a farm. We bring some kind of a vehicle that's equipped with all the supplies we need in order to provide the care. And we show up. And it's an amazingly intimate view into someone's life because mm-hmm. often you're at their home, at their farm, and often at their family business. And so the relationships that I made with owners of the those animals was probably more important to me than the veterinary practice that I got to do. And that's one of the things I miss the most about that type of practice is the relationships with my clients that I saw on the regular basis. I saw their kids. I was at their house, more or less. And it's a very intimate relationship. How did you know that you would do well with science? Because I know vet med is so heavy science-based. Well, I sometimes wonder if I should have paid more attention to that, but um, I you know, certainly was very math-oriented. Um, a lot of business and economics is scientific mm, yes, in terms definitely. of the fact that they make decisions based on data. Okay. Um, it's a very data-driven area. There's some use of statistics. So there's a lot of crossover. Um, and I think 
science training is incredibly important for veterinary students in terms of needing to get the basics so that you understand. Mm -hmm. But equally important for veterinary students are things like communication, Mm -hmm. things like how to be an effective practitioner, be efficient, how to get along with people. Because as it turns out, pets come with owners and that's who's paying the bill. And so all those other skills that I have, I think were, you know, kind of made up the difference. Why is the certificate important to future veterinarians? You know, the things that we spend a lot of time in vet school teaching you guys, and before you get here, quite honestly, have to do with practice, medicine, science. And then we send you out in the world to own your own businesses. And historically, in vet med, we haven't done a very good job of training students to own and run their own practices. And so the you know backlash from that has been that there's more and more corporate veterinary practice out there. Practice um, practitioners, veterinarians, don't feel comfortable necessarily taking on that responsibility of practice ownership. But it's so incredibly important for a couple of reasons, both the independence, the opportunity to kind of run your own business, run your own practice, and do things the way you want to do them, but also financially. And as much as I think most people get into vet med for reasons other than financial reasons, we do have to pay our bills. And if you are leaving the, the profit that you make in that practice behind for someone else to get, you're missing out. That's an opportunity to pay back student loans faster, to be able to finance other things you want to do with your life. And so the, the practical reality of it is that we need to hang on to that profit that we're bringing into vet practices. For the students who don't want to own their own practice someday, should they count out the certificate or is it something they should still consider? That's a great question, actually, because while most of my certificate students do want to own a practice, there are a lot of things that we're teaching people that make you a more marketable employee just as much as it makes you a prepared owner of a practice. You have an understanding of the finances behind how the business operates. You have an understanding of how business, uh, pardon me, employment contracts are negotiated, how people are compensated. All those things make you very marketable when you go out into the workforce, you're trying to get a job and and the practice owners say, oh, wow, you have this extra bit of training that makes you stand out from everyone else. So right now, students, you're trying to think of everything you want to put down in your application to make you attractive to vet school. But you have to keep thinking about those next steps as well while you're in vet school. And that's your clubs and certificates and leadership roles. Let's break down what the certificate actually looks like. What kind of classes do the students need to take? What are the internships or potential externships that they have to do? Um, So basically you don't have to actively start doing the coursework for the certificate until your third year. And for us, that means, you know, you've probably heard before on the podcast, if you're a regular listener, in third year, students are in the clinic for eight months to start with, and then they go back to class. And it's that point when you're in the clinic, so, you know, you've had some perspective on what things are going to be like, that then you ultimately have to apply for the certificate. So from there, there are two courses in the remaining academics Uh, semesters so that are required and then in addition to that you're required to complete two other clerkships now clerkships are the term we use for clinical training and so those are things like you're in the clinic you're out on the road with an ambulatory practitioner and it's absolutely a learning opportunity but it's an active one and so for this certificate program in addition to the coursework um, which is fantastic and really focused on business basics you know terminology, application to finance, application to management. The certificate opportunities allow you to have a perspective on business management 
to veterinary practice. And so one of the most um, popular parts of the certificate program is a clerkship we do in the summer before fourth year. Students are busy doing externships for all sorts of things, and this is something they fit into that schedule. And we spent two weeks um, visiting veterinary practices as a small group of students, about six, and then myself. And we then at that time analyze a practice a week. It's a very intense experience, but it allows you to learn a tremendous amount about real life practice management. And so each week we basically analyze a practice from top to bottom. We are in the practice, we're observing how things work, and then we analyze financial statements, we compare those to industry benchmarks, and we come up with basically by Friday some feedback for the practice owner about what they're doing well in areas that are opportunities for growth. I think it's awesome that the students have the, first they take the coursework, then they understand what they're going to do, and then they go out and apply it. So I really like that we are doing that hand in hand with the students so they feel comfortable. They're not just being thrown into a practice and they don't know what they're doing. I know we have a VBMA club, Veterinary Business Management Club. Mm-hmm. Yes. Veterinary Business Management Association. That's the VBMA. And it's actually a national organization. There's chapters at each vet school. And that club works hand in hand with what I'm doing with the certificate program in that they have outside speakers come in. We have um, professional dinners twice a year. We have a conference once a year. All of that is organized by the club. And activ- you know, completing those club activities is also a requirement of the certificate program. It's an adjunct, but it's really key because it gives you an opportunity to network, to meet people, to broaden your exposure to different concepts outside of what we do in class. I think the networking piece is so important and we try to encourage all of our pre-vet students to start networking, become comfortable with networking. Um, And, you know, networking is just talking to others, making those connections so you can find opportunities for yourself in the future. And I try to tell students, you don't always have to look where you think the networking opportunities are. Um, So for example, I tell students, well, why don't you go and volunteer with Habitat for Humanity? You don't know who's working there because potentially a veterinarian is volunteering with you or someone who knows a veterinarian. So while you're making those connections, volunteering to help the community, you're also potentially making future veterinary connections as well. And that's all networking is. Sometimes students are really uncomfortable talking with others. What tips do you have to help students with networking? Networking is something that has a very negative connotation. People think of networking as like you've got your business cards out and you're running through the room trying to make everyone take your business card and talk to you. And that's just really not what it is at all. You know, networking needs to be legitimate. You need to have a a real reason to talk to someone or it just feels fake and nobody wants to be involved in that. Admittedly, it is a lot easier, I think, for extroverted people to network. It just feels more comfortable. It's a bit harder for introverted people, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. And I think if, if you are someone who's more introverted, you're a little bit more shy, you just need to be prepared for the fact that, hey, networking is going to be a little tough, but then I can refill my tank by spending a little time by myself after this networking opportunity is complete. And so kind of acknowledging that, I think, makes it a little more comfortable for folks to do. The single biggest thing you can do is have a conversation with someone. It's not about here, let me brag to you about here's all the skills I have and here's why I need to know you because you're going to do this for me. It's about, hey, let's have a conversation. And we're both in the veterinary industry. We're both interested in animals. It makes for a very easy bond when you're networking with other veterinarians. And you can find some place of um, similar interests. And having a legitimate conversation will make that a much more powerful long-term effect. My favorite thing that you said was network for a reason, have a reason to go and speak with someone. And that's so true. I often see students, they come up, they shake hands, and then 
they think that's it. They, they don't know what to say next. Come up with a purpose, have a question ready. And if you don't have a question ready, just wait. You don't have to rush that networking opportunity. And yeah, you're right. Networking has a negative connotation. We should start changing it to just... It's just having a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation. What have we not talked about, Dr. Malico, that you think it's important for students to know about business, um, veterinary business management, what UF has to offer? What do you wish you had known before you had gone involved in all of this? What do they need to know? Well, the veterinary profession has come a long way since I was a vet student in terms of addressing the fact that we need to train veterinarians to to own and run a business. And we need to train them to have some awareness of the business of practice and not just veterinary medicine. And regardless of whether, you know, you think as a pre-vet student, I want to own a practice, getting some training and experience in the non-medicine aspects of veterinary practice is so incredibly important. And whether that be the business certificate or whether that be that you are super into communication and you end up doing some of the elective communication opportunities, there's so many places you can go to get the breadth of training that you really need need to be, you know, well-trained practitioner. So be proactive, start looking for those opportunities to get communication training, to work with clients, to network like we've been talking about. Um, I, I think it's really important for those students who are shy to do what Dr. Malicote says and do what you need to do to network and chit-chat, but then take some time for yourself to reset, to feel comfortable, to get grounded, um, and then go back out there and try again until you become more and more comfortable. Well, thank you, Dr. Malicote, for being here. We've learned a lot more about another opportunity that UF has to offer us and to prepare our students to go into business, to feel comfortable, to maybe own their own practice someday. But even if you don't want to own your own practice, just to feel more comfortable in the profession you're getting into. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing all of you guys as vet students in the future. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.